0: Stop whining, make a bold move, and do something amazing with your 40-plus gay life. Let's get to the show with your tell-it-like-it-is host, Rick Clemens, who does his best to never act like a dick or a diva unless you act like one first. Okay, man, let's get serious. Let's get real. We love sex. We love intimacy. We like exploring. Okay, maybe not all you guys do, but a lot of you do. And then you freeze the fuck up in the bedroom. Well, relax. Mm -hmm. think differently open up you know however opening up works for you but open up your mind and I'm going to invite you to open up today and really take in what we're about to talk about because we're going to have some fun talking about this and yes we're going to talk about sex and intimacy and orgasms and all these sort of things but what does it mean to be your sacred intimate self like to be that person you're really meant to be in that sacred intimacy and sexual self tough stuff for many of us to do But we're going to hopefully break some of those barriers down. Today, my guest, his name is Court Box. He is one of these people on the planet that I'm so glad is here because he's helping break some barriers around sex and intimacy. He has done amazing work in this arena, and he most recently actually, well, I'm going to let him tell what happened in the LA Weekly Magazine for him, but um, I want you to just step into this sacred space with us, and I am calling it a sacred space. Because this is where the work really starts to happen is when you can really step in. Yes, have some fun, mm-hmm. but allow those thoughts to take you to a deeper space. And um, I'm just ready to have this conversation, Court. I'm so glad you're here.
1: Thanks so much Thanks for having me. Thanks for that intro too. That was a good intro.
0: <laughs> well, thank you, thank you. I kind of, I just kind of like look at this stuff. I guess it's the speaker in me. I'm like, I know how to ad lib this stuff once I see mm-hmm. it. So did you just pop out of mama's womb and say, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a sex therapist and intimate and all that. Or did it, it Um, had to have come along with some, some of your own work would be my guess.
1: Yeah. You know, I, you know, in my early years, I I remember being very sexual and very sexually curious um, as a young child. Um, I had a neighbor who was, was the same age as me. When we were four years old, we used to give each other blowjobs on the side of my house and, Mm. Um, I remember, you know, kind of communicating, you know, that we were orgasming, but there, of course there was no ejaculation, but, right. you know, and that was sort of my first real kind of memory of sexual connection with someone. Um, and then, you know, I've always been really sexually curious, you know, asking friends to play doctor with me and then getting mm. in trouble for it and, <laughs> and things like that, Um And then, you know, there was a sort of period of, I think, when I turned seven or eight, where I kind of went into a little bit of a closed space, a really internal space. My parents got divorced and separated, and, um, you know, I just took on new roles within my family. Um, And, you know, I didn't come out until I was 19, and my exploration of sexuality and self was was still really curious, but I think it was a lot of... um, self-exploration in terms of I I went to a school called University of Santa Monica which mm-hmm. at the time had a they offered a degree in spiritual psychology um, my mother also um, had me um, do landmark forum when I was mm-hmm. in my teen years and I did another um, uh, seminar called insight seminars which was John Rogers work and so I've always kind of my mother has always led me to these sorts of things, not right. sex, but sort of like right. <laughs> everything around it. And yeah. it's definitely it's definitely colored my my experience and my my curious thinking, um, and my openness to new ideas and new
0: ways of thought and and being in the world. So it's interesting that you say that because as soon as you said that about your mother kind of guiding you there. My parents were well. I wouldn't say they were radicals, but they were hippies in the 60s and 70s. Mm-hmm. I mean, and they were part of the, you know, kind of free love revolution. And then to watch what happened when I initially came out at 19 and then I went back in the closet and then came out at 36 to watch the the about faces they took in that realm. And I mean, there was never any shame around walking around the house naked in our home. Same. Sex was something that kind of was just present, sometimes not in the best way and then to see the hypocrisy that showed up when i'm suddenly like i'm your queer son oh no you can't be that you know and of course religion and everything played a whole i'm like how did we go from (laughs) that back there to no right?" right and it really formed a lot of my own personal shame around who i was and as you were talking about being seven and eight that's when a lot of that shame showed up for me because i did have a um traumatic experience by mm. being sexually awakened which actually wasn't as traumatic and people who've listened to the podcast know this because it should never happen number one but it also is like oh all the light bulbs went off in my head oh this is why i look at men Oh, this is why i want to see naked crotches all i'm mm-hmm. like this is what i understood and like you i was always very sexually curious and i'm glad i had that curiosity because i feel in my bones at my deepest internal soul that that's what's helped me keep a very open mind about sex, intimacy, sexuality, touch, all of this sort of stuff. Yeah. And I bet in your work, that's one of the things that you find most is people have to get deep into themselves to really become comfortable in this sex and intimacy space. Correct.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think I'm, um, I'd be remiss to say that, you know, the work, um, the work does, if I didn't talk about the the psychology and the right. narrative that exists with our sexuality, you know, our, if you are just speaking about the body as a system, you know, our genitals are our root, right? It's the root of our torso. Um, and, you know, a lot of modalities, they focus on the belly up or the heart up or the, the brain up, Um and those are wonderful, except a lot of them are just leaving out the genitals completely. And so my work, I really look at, okay, we're starting at the genitals and moving up, connecting mm-hmm. all of the systems within the body. Um, you know, as a somatic, somatic means of the body. And so as a somatic, I'm working with the body and noticing what's happening from a physical standpoint, but also how that connects to emotionality and how that connects to um. The psyche and and the narratives that we've been um, been told and also um, adopted over time. So the things that happen to us in our childhood and in our teen years and um, stories that we've been told about sex, those all have a really big impact on our sexual experiences. And so if you've been told your whole life that being queer, being gay is wrong, that mm-hmm. gay sex is abominable, and that you're going to go to hell. You know, from the time you are five years old. Yep. A really hard um narrative to shake because it's not just living in your brain, it's like it's in your body, right? Your experience of your physical body as an erotic body has been tainted by outside stories. And so mm-hmm. it's it's not just telling a different story, it's rewiring your nervous system to to know, to actually know within the fibers of your body that there's something different, right? Rewriting yeah. rewriting your own script. Um so I, I think that's that's a really big part of my work um with a lot of clients. And you know, some clients are coming not because they have um a huge amount of issues, they're coming because they want to expand, right? Yes. Like I feel like I have a great sex life and I just would like to expand what I already have. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm sort of like hit my peak. And where do I go mm-hmm. next? What's right. next for me? And so there's, you know, a couple of different types of clients that come. One is the one that's like I am stuck or I've never had good sex in my life or I've never been able to connect or I'm having tons of sex, but I don't feel I'm getting what I want from it. I don't Mm -hmm. feel connected. I don't feel my body at all. I get a lot of clients that are uh, recovering. So recovering Mm -hmm. from meth, recovering from alcohol and their, their only reference point for for their sex life has been with alcohol or drugs involved. And so when you take that away, it's like, what, what was the reason for the alcohol and the drugs in the beginning? And then also it's so tied to the sex itself that it becomes frightening to go back into a world of having sex um, because they don't know how Mm -hmm. their experience. um, The thing that allowed them to open, allowed them to be shame free is gone. And so now they're, they're faced with all the things that were there in the beginning. And, you know, the invitation is not to push them away. The invitation is to invite all of the things, the things invite the shame, invite the embarrassment, invite the narratives, and also invite pleasure, also invite um, orgasm, also invite awareness. And, you know, when we invite all the things to the party, there's a lot of information there. And um, we're also not saying that there's bad parts and good parts. Right. These are These are just all the parts. Mm-hmm. And um, there's something to be said about allowance and allowing all of these parts of ourselves to have a seat at the table.
0: Well, if we don't allow them all to have a seat at the table, in my mind, we're continuing to exacerbate the shame and the guilt. It's like, yeah. there's something wrong about that. There's something that shouldn't be discussed. Let's keep that. Let's hide that under the carpet, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And in yeah. my work with, with gay men too, it's, it's an interesting space because most of them come into the work coming out of the closet with a lot of shame, especially since all of my clients, a uh, majority of my clients are guys who have been in heterosexual relationships and mm-hmm. embarking into their truth. Right. So there's the shame of lying and not being truth and all that. And then there's the shame of I've waited too long and, you know, all this sort of stuff. So there's some really interesting work we go into And very similarly, like you, I invite them to bring all that to the table because if we don't have it on the table, we can't break through where we need to get to. Now, Mm -hmm. here's where it's interesting and where you take it to another level. I mean, I do a little bit of like, okay, let's talk about sex and intimacy and all that sort of stuff. But I know where I don't want to play because I don't have that training. I've considered Mm -hmm. getting trained in that. And I'm like, you know what? I'm kind of, I'm, kind of good where I'm at, but it's always interesting to me, Court, when I have a guy who's like, well, I really want to experience this, but I don't know if I really should, or I don't know how I'm going to feel even if I get to touch a man's cock, or you know, if I get to play with a man's ass, or even if I get to have an intimate like session, just cuddling or anything there's and so i often will say well what tell me about why that doesn't feel comfortable to you because what i'm starting to do is dig into i know there's some shame and guilt it's Mm -hmm. right there but until they can articulate that and bring it to the surface which i think is a lot of the kind of work that you do and even to your point of working with someone who's like i have great sex life i just want to expand sometimes that expansion can be oh why do you need to expand? There's something weird about that, right? There's probably a nugget of something in their minds that says, I shouldn't be wanting more. That kind of sounds a little selfish. Well, mm-hmm. why not? I believe we're pleasurable beings. And I think God made us in a very beautiful way to be beings of pleasure. Do you yeah, find I, that to be a challenge with a lot of people is that there's almost shame around having pleasure?
1: You know, I think there's there's pleasure and there's more, right? So sometimes they're the same thing and sometimes they're different. I think in our culture, we stress more in every other aspect,
0: right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. We,
1: you know, specifically with men, be more successful, be more fit, be, you know, have more energy, more, 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 have more money, have more partners you know, but then when it comes to actual pleasure of like, um, you know, do things for yourself, Do things that bring you pleasure, whether that's, you know, having sex with somebody on the weekend or taking an hour walk by yourself when you have, you know, three children and and a husband at home or whatever it is, you know, that becomes a selfish act. Mm -hmm. And there's a noticing of, you know, specifically with men who are head of households and heads of families and make all the decisions and are the breadwinners, it's they're givers, right mm-hmm. and there's something beautiful about giving and then there there comes a, a moment where where i'm like you know there's so much output you know yep. just noticing as i'm spending time with them of like i'm just noticing a ton of output and like how do you find joy what brings you pleasure i don't know i don't know what that is well it's time to start considering that you're that you're running on empty right yep. your well is not full and you just keep on giving right And that goes along with desire, too, I think, just to speak a little bit of what you were speaking to um, before, which is when there is a desire, you know, there's two parts of it. The desire of, I want this. Can I have it? And what's keeping me from it? And then also, like, what if I get this? There's also, like, the fear of, like, what happens when I get this, right? Whether that's I'd like to be seen more in the world or I would like to experience what touch of another man feels like, or to, you know, experience anal sex or experience blowjobs with another man, whatever that is, there's this, like, what does it mean for me? If I get it,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: if I actually experience it, what does that mean for me? And, and that, that means that I might be gay forever. Right. Right. It also might mean, um, that you're just sexual. I mean there's a lot right. of men um specifically as I've spoken about, you know, being pansexual, a lot of men that have spoken about their interest in in being with other types of bodies and that's also shamed in our community. Yes. Right? Heaven yep. forbid you have interests other than gay other gay men, right? And so mm. it's noticing that that um sexuality and our erotic bodies are so much bigger than we give ourselves credit. And there's a beautiful thing about having all these boxes that we've created recently of, you know, pansexual, heterosexual, queer, gay, um, all of the, the names that we're able to associate with. And then there's something really detrimental to it because it pigeonholes us. And, you know, sometimes I'm coaching people and I'm like, how do all these words sound? How do they feel in your body? None yep. of them resonate with me. Mm-hmm. Right. Maybe you're just sexual. Exactly. <laughs> that's how I exactly. feel about myself. I feel like somebody asked me like, what my orientation is, what my gender expression is. I'm like, I just feel like I am a sexual human. Yeah. I feel like my gender expression oscillates. And it's not necessarily something that's visible to the outside world. Um, I, When I'm embodying more of my feminine, I don't know that you would notice right? Mm -hmm. But it's a feeling I have. And when I'm embodying more of something that feels more fluid, you know, it's not based on what I'm wearing or or how I'm walking, but it is a feeling. And um, I don't know that it would be um, transmutable um, to the rest of the world, if that makes sense.
0: No, it makes full sense. And one of the things that I bring up probably... I would say almost hundred percent of my time, my coaching is don't let somebody put you back in a box. Yeah. You know, because you know, you may be feeling like, well, I feel like I feel more gay, but I might every once in a while feel like I could be with a woman. I'm like that, that you're just being who you are. Mm
1: -hmm. And I
0: remember sharing that once I've shared it on the podcast too, but sharing that once. And I had a lot of people come back at me. Well, then you're not really gay. I'm like, well, my proclivity is towards men, mm-hmm. but in the right situation with the right woman, I'm not going to say it's out of the realm, you mm-hmm. know, because I, I'm attracted to people. I happen yeah. to love men more. I'm just going to, I mean, I like Dick. I'm going to go there. Right. <laughs> but I also look, I can look at a really beautiful woman and that doesn't mean she has to be rock star beauty but a really beautiful woman that i can really see myself connecting with Mm -hmm. and if the intimacy happened i'm not saying sex it could be that -hmm. could happen possibly but if i'm super super connected there's there's nothing like feeling that connection with another human being and like you i just feel like my my sexuality yes leans this direction gay but that doesn't mean that I can't have thoughts or possibilities in other arenas. Yeah. You know, I, I, found myself attracted to trans people. There's mm-hmm. just that because of who they are, plain and simple, you know, and I wish we would give each other the, especially in our community. So I'm not knocking all of our community, but I think sometimes our community gets on our bandwagon and our high horses and goes, well, if you're not in this box, then you don't fit. And I think that's really sad because as a community who's never been told that you fit to then turn on our own is a really sad state of how we show up in our community at times.
1: Yeah, I think it's, um, you know, the word that's coming to me is belonging. Mm. You know, and there is this feeling, you know, I think with queer people in general of wanting to belong because for so many of us in our teen years, and it's, you know, luckily the teenagers that are experiencing coming out now are doing it earlier and earlier and they're having the space to do it. Um, and in some cases being really brave and in the spaces they inhabit where it's not welcome and they're still doing it anyway. But when I was, you know, kind of coming into puberty, I still felt like I didn't belong. I mm-hmm. didn't have queer people to belong to, and I didn't have straight people to belong to. I felt like I was just in the middle. And so yep. there is this sort of draw of like, oh, there is this community here where I can belong. And these are sort of the social structures and rules that exist right. within it. And it's like, okay, well, if I'm going to belong here, I'm going to adhere to these, you know, right. and um, that goes with the type of body that you're, that you're bringing to the table. It goes with mannerisms, your voice, um, the type of friends you're with. It just is so loaded. Right. But it's yes. all cultural and, and societal. It has nothing to do with internal knowing. Hmm. Um And that's a a lot of the coaching that I do too is also like, what is is your internal knowing telling
0: you, Mm -hmm. right? Mm
1: -hmm. If you can remove the scripts, like, what does this feel like? We spend so much time focusing on what things look like Um, and we're bombarded by visuals Mm -hmm. and specifically with men and gay men, probably even more so, we're so concerned about what someone looks like. Um, as a form of attraction to them that we we turn off all of our other receptors what do they smell like Mm -hmm. do their pheromones drive me crazy you know what does what does their skin feel like what does the their energetic body bring to me you know our energetic body is six feet off of our skin Mm -hmm. and so just noticing that when people are in your energetic field what does that feel like are you anxious? Are you nervous? Does your, your nervous system regulate and drop? Do you feel calm? Like, what does that feel like? What does this person bring to you? Um, do they make you laugh? Right. Do they engage your brain in a way that makes you feel sexy and flirty? Right. Mm -hmm. These are also questions to ask that I don't think we're, um, taking as much consideration
0: into. I agree a hundred percent. And, um, I just had a recent experience at, um, a work retreat i was at um mm-hmm. and i'm going to try to do this where i don't really reveal but i had an experience with one of my co-workers where we ended up having kind of an awkward connection that turned into a really beautiful connection mm-hmm. and this was a brand new co-worker never had met first thing i noticed when he walked in the door i'm like okay <laughs> he is a hot guy he's just he's he was very well put together right And I have a little proclivity for guys smaller than me. I'm six, four. I'm a big, you know, I'm a big, okay, let's go in the box. I'm a big daddy bear. Okay. Right. I'm also six, four. (laughs) So you, you kind of get this, like when you're a big guy, everybody else is, but he was definitely, I mean, he's smaller and there's just, there's this interesting thing about smaller guys really like their, their turn on to me. Mm -hmm. And um, he was really well put together. Great looking guy. And, I didn't get a chance to meet him right out the gate, but I kept like doing the sly gay eye, like checking him out every so often and everything. And so he finally came up to me and he goes, Can we talk? I'm like, Sure. And of course, my first thought was like, Oh, he's caught me checking him out. Right. And he's like, I'm just curious. Do you, do you like me, man? I'm like, I, th- I think you're a really cool guy. And we had this really deep conversation, mm-hmm. which led to the intimate moment where he just gave me a big old hug and he wouldn't let go. And he wouldn't let go. And he went, I'm like, this is really interesting to be having this really intimate moment with this straight guy Mm -hmm. who connected to me. And now the messages we share back and forth, he's like, I just admire you. You, you inspire me. And I'm like, Hey, you're right back at you, man. Cause he's going through some pretty big stuff right now. Mm -hmm. But had I not allowed that intimate moment to come to the surface in those intimate conversations, I could have just thought he's, Hey, he's a really good looking guy on my team. And, you know, mm-hmm. go guy, right? I'm so glad I dropped the shield and let myself step into that. And this is where I think men don't give themselves enough permission at times, because again, we're bombarded with these visuals of what you're supposed to be as a man and how you're supposed to show up and how you're supposed to show up. with. And I do, I but don't do it as much as I used to. But when I go to these once a year retreats, there's always like, I'm the only, <laughs> I'm the token gay on the team, right? So it, there's always a little bit of like, okay, mm-hmm. how's this going to go? I've been around the longest, so it's always just the new people I'm most concerned with, but I'm learning that that showing up that way isn't serving me. Just show up, just be Rick. Yeah. I'm, Otherwise I'm, I would have missed that. I would have really missed that intimate moment with him.
1: I'm going to send you an article um, in the sun from the sun. It's written by Jacqueline Siegel. You can put it in the, uh, the, the message box. Um, she writes about masculinity and she's mm-hmm. um studying masculinity, which really, you know, there's been a ton of studies around femininity and, you know, feminism and the female body, a lot of focus on women's bodies, on female bodies, not a lot of focus on Uh -uh. masculinity and the effects that it has on men and our culture. And so it's, you know, there's, um, she talks about how studies have really are new, like within the last 10 years. And she talks Uh about the effects of body dysmorphia and body shame and also um, anorexia and how it appears differently in men and how it appears differently, specifically in LGBTQ men. Um, So interesting article. I'll send that to you. I
0: would love it. I would love it. I'll put it on the show notes for anybody who's listening. So we can like share that around. So, but I I think what's
1: interesting, what you're talking about is what I would refer to as erotic friendship. Um, mm -hmm. And I, you know, I think for a lot of gay men, having sex is sort of like our form of handshake. <laughs> it's like, It's yep. Well, we did it and, you know, let's be friends now or let's right. be lovers. It's like one or the other or that wasn't good and we're not going to be anything. Right. right. But I, I think there's something to be said. Like I have cultivated just probably in the last three years what I refer to as erotic friendships, which are men that I don't intend to have sex with to have mm-hmm. actual physical sex with but the way that we can connect and talk about all the things and be really mm-hmm. vulnerable with each other and show up for each other um in sort of this really big life force energy feels erotic in nature and and i feel connected to them in that way but i'm really clear that sex is not part of that um connection you know touch through what you're referring to as like a big Bear hug and or an embrace feels so nourishing and nutritious, Um, but again, pretty clear that sex is not on the table for me in that way.
0: I love that, and it's an interesting thing that I've seen in myself. Okay, so let's kind of go back to this particular incident. Okay, (laughs) well, just because I mean, I still find him very attractive, but now there's like a new space where I'm like, even if the opportunity showed up, I don't know that I'd go there. Mm -hmm. You know, I just don't know that I'd go there sexually. And I've noticed this over the years when I've had people who enter into my life. I have a really good friend who we work together on a retreat. He's straight as they come. He's a player. I love him. He's a very cool guy. um, Very deep there. Yogi, like does mindfulness stuff and everything. And I always say, tease him. Yeah, one of these days I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you, buddy. I'm going to get you in bed. It's gonna, and, and, you know, it's just the way we do. But I love him dearly. And he's, again, he's a really handsome guy. I found that when I finally like, okay, wow, they're attractive. But then this other thing starts to happen. I am so much more wanting to just be in that relationship than yeah. seeing them as a, like, and rather than sexualizing them.
1: Yeah. Okay,
0: initially it's like a sexual, oh, they're hot. You know, that would be fun. Yeah but i find the beauty of stepping into this space in my own intimate world with myself and with them of gosh the friendship is so much more absolutely so much more yeah so what got you into really diving into this work i mean we haven't really touched on that and i don't want to talk about your retreats and everything you do too yeah. but like what was the impetus for like okay here i am i'm going to go do this this is where i want to be
1: you know um long story short I was working in corporate for 15 years. I worked for Yahoo. I worked for a startup called Maker Studios, which got acquired by Disney. Um, Mm -hmm. I worked for a Chinese um, clothing startup for two years. Um, And then I I was studying, I sort of had a sexual revolution in my 30s. (laughs) And I started to study shibari rope bondage when I was about 37. Mm -hmm. Um, And Actually, I was taking a group class and I needed somebody to practice with. And um, a woman in the class actually offered to be a practice body for me. And um, in one of our encounters and meetings together, um, I said, I really got to get out of what I'm doing and I just can't do it anymore. And she said, what do you want to do? And um, she was a therapist that worked predominantly with the nervous system. And um, I said, you know, I want to be a sex therapist, but not one that just talks to people. I want to be one that like helps people connect with their bodies and um, experiential learning and things like that. And I said, I don't think it exists. Mm -hmm. And she said, have you heard of sexological body work? And I Mm -hmm. said, nope. And um, I immediately searched for it. Um, The school, which was started by Joseph Kramer in San Francisco had closed down and a new one. Um, in Canada, in Victoria, had opened. And that's where I ended up studying somatic sex education, which encompasses sexological body work, as well as many other other things. Um, In that time, I also became a surrogate partner intern. Mm -hmm. So I studied for that and got my certification. Um, And just in the last three years, as I've been doing this as a profession, have really delved into um, more tantric principles as well as BDSM, um, and am very comfortable teaching aspects of power dynamics, um, mm. bondage um, dynamics in sadism and masochism as well. Um, and you know, I would say tantra is my least favorite. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's it's the highest profile. Um yeah. specifically in Western culture, it's sort of like a soft entry point into people mm-hmm. who are curious. And I think it really is dependent on the teacher you're studying with. I think there's a lot of people that are using Tantra as this base word for things that aren't necessarily Tantra. Um, right. and i'm I, I'm often confused about the teachings that I have received. Um, and so i'm I'm leery of Tantra teachers.
0: No, mm. yeah. and that that's being completely fair and honest. I mean, I yeah. I can I can relate to that 100%. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to knock tantra teachers. I think there's a beautiful space no. for that, but sometimes I think that it, it's almost like that's the lead in to like not exactly what's about to happen. And I think well, sometimes I like, it can be really confusing to people.
1: I feel like um, you know, when tantra came to the west, it there was um it offered a a way of speaking a language that uh, was specific to the time and also allowed for people to talk about sexuality and sex and genitals in a way that was sort of cool and like overt. Yeah. And I feel like in the time, at least the way that I work is like, let's just call
0: this what it is. Exactly. Yeah. Let's not beat around the bush. (laughs) This is my cock.
1: This is my chest heart, yeah. you know and it's the same thing it's like these centers you know the chakra centers mm-hmm. are actual systems in our body and it's just like let's name them and call them for what they are
0: um, well it's it's the truth of being unapologetically who you i mean i'm going to come into my brand a little bit it's about being unapologetically who you are in the world and being unapologetic about how you talk about things mm-hmm. I, I i mean people come on this podcast oh, on both podcasts life on is a little bit different because we don't we don't go it as far and as deep, sometimes, but like, well, can I swear? I'm like, I want you to be who you're gonna be. Yes, mm-hmm. I mean, I, 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 I label all my podcasts explicit because I don't want anybody to feel held back. Other guests are like, yeah, I don't need to go there. I'm like, cool. I, I mean, I really judge it, right? But again, you know, right out the gate, I was on this one. I'm like, yeah, we're gonna talk about cocks and ass and sex and intimacy. I don't because. That would, if I wasn't, so we're going to talk about penises and vaginas and <laughs> I, I would be like, my some of my friends would be like, bitch, who the fuck was that guy that just showed up? That is not who you are, Rick. I'm like, no, that's not, but I got, you know, so I think there's this beauty of being authentically yourself and I hate throwing the A word around like that, but this beauty of showing up in your truth. And I love that you've talked about BDSM and, you know, rope and all that sort of stuff because- it's a it's a window into your work, number one, and who you are. And I don't think... So here's Rick's shameless little plug. I don't think you would have been named one of LA Weekly's top 10 vision visionaries without being truthful in your work, right? Did you like that segue? <laughs> no, that See, was a good, good plug.
1: That was a <laughs> good plug. Yeah, but
0: I I don't think you could be doing the kind of work you do in court without being honest and upfront with what you do.
1: Yeah, and, and to be honest, it's challenging sometimes. The world is not... Um, the world is not exactly kind to Mm -hmm. businesses like mine um you know anybody who's like considering doing this you know consider that you know this is not breath work this is not yoga this is Mm -hmm. sex and the way that um people view sex whether it's educational or otherwise in this country is there's just so so much it's loaded um you know i've been kicked off of payment platforms i've been Denied access for advertisement on most platforms, yep. including Instagram, Facebook. They won't run my ads. Um, so working in this business is challenging to find creative ways to get my voice heard um, and get the message out.
0: Yep. It's like working around the system.
1: Not well, with- it is,
0: and it's like everything is taboo. You know, yep. I mean, even when I, I mean, in my coming out work, initially, I, I faced some of that too every once in a while, I still do. I don't try to advertise or anything at this stage. I'm just like, you know, people hear me on this and other places. And that's how I get my business. But it it is a challenge. And I always go back to what if we weren't so pent up? What if we weren't so like, just sex is still the dirty word. And, and it's not, you know, which I know we're not everybody is, but I'm just in society in general. I mean, as I'm watching some of the beautiful stuff, not so beautiful stuff happening in our lovely little country around all these dynamics right now it's like this is why people are so angry is i think if everybody was much freer in who they are in their sexuality and intimacy and connection and all this i think we could heal the world a whole lot faster but we got these things that are just penting people up and it's kind of like if you can't orgasm you get really pent up you know and guys you kind of quote get the blue ball so to speak but um so as all of this is unfolding for you i know it's led you to create some beautiful experiences some workshops and retreats and stuff that you get to bring people into your world yeah on the other side it's got to be really rewarding when they come into a retreat, like you're doing this fall. And I know you got a workshop. We're going to talk about that in a minute, but it's got to be really rewarding on the other side to walk people, watch people walk out of those transformed.
1: Yeah. Or it, even
0: in your individual work too.
1: You know, in all my work, uh, there is this moment that sort of, um, it happens where you, where I get to see people's faces sort of like wake up. Yeah. of like, Oh, my God, That is possible for me. Mm-hmm. i I not only know this to be true, I feel it in my body, mm-hmm. right? And that's mm-hmm. the difference between a somatic teacher and and a and a just a traditional coach. And look, there's so much value in traditional therapy and in talk coaching. And then there's also this piece of when we can include um the actual knowing in the body, mm-hmm. there's something else that kind of like snaps to, yeah um you it know, unlocks. You, Yeah, it unlocks. And so that to see that happening in real time, is incredibly rewarding. And it's like, yes, this is this is why I'm doing this.
0: Yeah. So you've got some workshops and retreats coming up. So let's talk about that a little bit. because I want to make sure people, people, I mean, I've done this work, different areas. I've done this work. And I remember the first time I walked I remember when my husband and I walked into the first experience working with, you know, a somatic sex coach and I was like, I'm not sure. And it was just, it was amazing. It was amazing to see on so many fronts, (laughs) things that happened and how we felt and how open we were. And um, even the littlest things like, okay, I'm going to go there, boys. I remember in the middle of that, and it was really interesting. Like, I don't think I felt my my cock that hard in ages (laughs) because I had dropped so much bullshit out of my thinking. And, and it was amazing to feel that, but then it was the aftermath of confidence that I felt I was back to being a much more confident Rick. And I know that sounds crazy guys. Like, okay, you got a hard cock and you got confident. It wasn't just the hard cock that gave me the confidence. It was the me stripping away some layers of beliefs and values around stuff that really made it happen. But, um, let's talk about those workshops and retreats. Cause you've got one coming yeah, up in San so Francisco. I-
1: i have one coming up in san francisco the first weekend of may um i'm co-teaching with finn Deerhart, who is a sex and intimacy coach that does online work um really love working with him and um we just completed um one in los angeles um a month ago which was extremely successful and fantastic and so um we're actually at capacity for san francisco but we're opening we're at 20 men um Mm -hmm. and we're opening it to another five to ten men to join us. So there's, there will be, um, some more spaces opening. Um, and then I have a retreat coming up in San Miguel de Allende, Mexico, September 17th through the 23rd, which is residential. So, um, room and board is, is, um, covered food is also covered. Mm -hmm. Um, and the theme of that
0: beautiful, beautiful location.
1: It's beautiful. Um, it's a really stunning property. It's owned by uh, a gay man, uh, which Mm -hmm. is, great right, to foster that. And he is very invested in um, supporting the community that is around the area of the retreat center, um, invested in putting all the children through school. And it's kind of, it's a really neat project. It's um, awesome. not just a retreat center. It's like has legs beyond it. Beyond right, right. it, um, So that is that retreat is called sacred. Um, it's really delving into what sacred sexuality means to you. Um, that could look different for you as it looks different Mm -hmm. for me. Um, And it's really like, you know, figuring out what that is. How do you connect to the divine through your own body, through your own experience? Um, And in addition to uh, having one-on-one complementary body work every day from a practitioner for 90 minutes, working in sexological body work, um, there'll be group activities as well as a lot of ceremony. So we'll be doing... Cacao Ceremony, Sound Healing, and also Temescal, um, which Mm. is a a sweat lodge that will Mm. be led by a female shaman um, who is based in Mexico and is Mexican. Um, So really looking forward to that retreat. That one is for nine men, and there are two to three spaces available left for that. Um, And yeah, the the thing I love about doing group work, um, I love private work because it's so deep. Like yeah, for people that are really wanting to like go in, private work is a great place to start. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, for people who are not ready to be in group, it's also a also a place to be. But the thing I love about group work is that there's a lot of individual learning and a lot of um, individual opening, and then it's brought to the community. Yeah. It's brought to the community and the collective. And that collective spreads way beyond the the walls of those 20 humans. Um, because as we permission ourselves to, to enjoy and to explore, and we go back and share these stories with others, we, by just way of being, permission other people to do the same.
0: I've always found, because I've done some of those, I've facilitated some of those group experiences. I've always found that I get as moved as the guys that are going through the experience. And there's always those light bulb moments, as you said, where suddenly the light comes on and you can, you can actually see it happen in them Mm -hmm. where a lot of stuff gets released, may not be coming out of their mouth or anything, but you can see something happen, And they also realize they're not alone. They're not alone. And it doesn't mean you have exactly the same experience like some people do. They come in with baggage about sex or they're having great sex. They want more, or I don't know. I don't seem to have, you know, whatever the reasons they come to do any of these things. Right. But to see those beautiful moments when suddenly they open up and um, they start to see that sometimes little glimmer and sometimes that big glimmer of like hope mm-hmm. that things can be different for them. And I love that that's, a lot of what you do, you're helping people regain hope about how they can be intimate and sexual and be sacred in their sexuality. And I yeah, love I think, that you have I think jumped the word, into this work. The,
1: the word you chose is actually really important, which is different. Um you didn't say better, you used different, which mm-hmm. I think is important because when we when we create value systems on things, um creates, you know, this is better or worse. And it's it's not necessarily better or worse. It's just different. Right. right? Yeah, it's just had, different have options that are different from what we know just um, allows and offers more possibility.
0: Well, and I think also to kind of bring this full circle, regardless of where anybody is, any gay man, he may be like, I'm just starting my journey or I've been here. I've been trying to figure stuff out, or maybe you've got really great stuff going on. Just remember that every day is a different, every day can be different. I mean, I've seen what I desire and how I show up and, What I want to be in my intimacy and sexuality, it's different than it was two years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. But that to me is the beauty of the journey. You keep unlocking and rediscovering things. You know, I'm going to be 60 in a couple of months and, you know, I don't feel any different about, you know, sex or anything, but there's different ways I enjoy doing it. There's different Mm -hmm. ways I enjoy being intimate. There's different ways I enjoy being in my body and not in my body. You know, and I invite every guy who's listening to just if nothing else, explore these concepts, reach out to court, reach out to even if you're like, I don't know if courts for me, there's plenty of other people, but I want you to reach out to court because I think you just he's a great guy and he's done some amazing stuff. He continues to do it. Follow him on Instagram. Maybe if we get enough followers on Instagram, they'll finally start letting you run your ads. I know they probably won't, but probably not. <laughs> been so... there. I've been there, done that. <laughs> I, I've had a few. I mean, I, I used to advertise I'm like, how can you say this image is offensive? But then the next image is the same. Another guy standing in underwear. Please give me a freaking break here, you know?
1: It's like, I just got okay. flagged because my butt was showing. And then I go to Playboy's page and there's like a full woman's ass there. It's exactly. Like,
0: and I, you've got it. And he's got a great butt, guys. I'm just going to say, I've seen Quartz so butt in some of his Instagram. So I'm like, OK, that's a good butt. But yeah. it is. It's that weird stuff. But again, that kind of comes back to where we are as a society on this sex yeah. and shame stuff still. So um, you
1: No, know, there's, there's one event that I, I forgot to mention that I'm a part of. I'm really excited. about. I just signed on to do it. Um, It's a festival um, in Kuyama, which is um, like two hours, an hour and a half, two hours north of Los Angeles. Mm. Um, It's going to be a weekend event called Prism. And I'm going to be teaching a a workshop, maybe two workshops there, still dialing in what my offering will be. Um, But it's sort of like uh, a wellness retreat meets um, uh, what's the the big festival that happens in the desert up north? Kachala. no. no uh oh why am i burning? burning burning man burning man yeah oh interesting like burning man meets like a queer wellness collective so i'm excited about it i think the the founders and the the people who are putting it together have this idea of creating which is also an intention of mine of creating alternative space for queer men to meet in that involves celebration that involves learning mm-hmm. involves um wellness that also involves dancing and 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 music and so nice. I'm, I'm looking forward to that and that's going to be end of july and i'll send you the link to include
0: for excellent that as well. yeah well thank you for doing what you do and being here and being so open to talking about all of this and being a beacon of light to not only gay men but people in general around sexual because you don't just work with gay people right you work with people from work all, with all, walks all, a lot all the bodies yep yep i love that all the bodies we're just all the bodies, the bodies all the bodies and all their fucked up messiness I love inside all the yes, yes you and me both i mean i'm like i i was i didn't know the other day that something happened and i said well why you know why are people so offended by if women want to walk around without their shirt off guys do it all the time i'm like let those titties fly come yes. on people and all straight men were like we want more boobies right i'm like if you want more boobies and quit shaming it, let's just get real about this for God's sake, you know? But um, yes, I love all the bodies. So, well, thank you again, Court, yeah. so much for great conversation. And guys, if you're interested in working with Court, all of his stuff is the Body Vox is where you can find him. And that is the vo- body, B-O-D-Y, Vox, B is in Victor, O, X is in xylophone. Well, I haven't said that word in like years. <laughs> Um, but uh xylophone xylophone yeah it's like well x-ray i guess i could say that i I need to go brush up on my flight you know uh, you know language xylophone is an excellent word yes it's a fun word to say i haven't like i said i haven't said it but thank you again man for such a great conversation and guys please go check him out and see what you can see what you can do about becoming your more intimate sacred sexual self beautiful thank you That's a wrap for 40 Plus Gay Men, Gay Talk, where size doesn't matter. We drop our bullshit, get over our screwed up fears, make bold moves, and live life without apologies. Don't forget to join us on Facebook at 40 Plus Gay Men, Gay Talk, where the conversations continue.